Shvius Perik Hay, Mishnah Tess, the last of the Perik, and the last of the theme of Misael de Barvera. Here we're going to go even further in leniencies, and we're going to say these are, you know, far out cases, but for the sake of promoting peace, um, we will let you do things that are really pretty dubious. So the case here is, um, um, you have two neighbors, let's call one of them the Rebetzin, who is good about keeping Shemitah, and the next door neighbor who is really likely and suspected of being someone who doesn't keep Shemitah properly at all. So the case is, according to Bartanura, let's say she's asking for some bread-making you know, implement, and the time of Bior is now past, and the assumption is that she didn't if you recall, beer means she'd have to take that flour or grain, whatever it is from Shemitah, and, and take it out of her house and make it hefker, let's say, or the Rambam, you have to destroy it. Whatever the case is, um, this Rebetzin is afraid that, or she's concerned, and she has a reasonable belief that the neighbor, um, notwithstanding that the time of beer has passed, has still kept the food in her house, and now intends to eat this flour as bread, even though it's forbidden to do so. So the case is that the neighbor now asks for the some sort of tool to help make the bread. May the Rabbitson, as I'm calling her here, get involved? And the answer is yes, she can to some degree um, for the sake of promoting peace. Because if the woman, the Rabbitson, would refuse to lend her neighbor some tool, that would be a major affront to the woman. And of course, it would really breed a lot of ill will. And we don't want that. So we're going to really rely, um, like grasp at straws and think maybe some outlying possibility is occurring here that's permissible and relying on that permissible, you know, far out assumption, we will, uh, not assumption, Talia, um, will ascribe the neighbor's desire for this implement on something that's to something that's permissible, even if it's kind of far out, um, so that we will, you know, not have to make enmity between the Brevitin and her neighbor. So, Mash Elis Isha Lechaverta Chashud a woman, in our case, we're calling her the Rebetzin, may lend to her friend, we'll call her the neighbor. Even though the neighbor is Cheshud al the neighbor is really suspected of being someone who doesn't keep Shemitah properly, and it's to say pass them on beer, so to give her these tools would be really to help her do something that's us, probably. Even so, we are lenient, and we let the Rebetzin lend her Nafa. Nafa is a sifter. Kavara, Kavara is a sieve. Nafa for like flour, and Kavara sieve is like for like the larger... No grains. Berechaim. Berechaim is like a hand grinder to take the wheat kernels and grind it into flour. And a tanur. A tanur is an oven for baking the bread. So we will let the Rebetzin give her these things, even though the normal use for all these tools is to make bread, and presumably the bread is forbidden because it's past beer, etc. But we'll assume the best. So the Bartuna says, for example, the nafa, why does she want to borrow the sifter? She needs it for some kind of like counting money, perhaps. And the kavara, the sifter, she needs it similarly for like, I don't know, doing something with sand. And the uh, rechaim, the grinder, maybe she needs to grind, not flour, but she wants to grind, you know, um, spices. And the tanur, the oven, maybe she's going to bake bread. Instead of baking bread, she intends to use the oven um, for, you know, drying out and bleaching flax to make linen. So these are possible things, even if they're far out. And the Rebbeton will rely on these far out possibilities rather than... Um, stir up the pot and make really ill will between her and her neighbor. However, um, that's as far as it goes. The Rebbeton can't actually roll up her sleeve, so to speak, and participate in the production of this bread. That's going too far because that's really facilitating the neighbor for doing the anavera. Here, you're just giving her the tool, which is much less. 
um, but to actually to do it with her would be forbidden, and therefore it says, aval. However, lo savor, lo tavor means that the, the Rebbe may not actually, like from borer sort, so she might participate in the sifting process, let's say, lo titchan, um, tachina means to grind, like tachina is, in Hebrew today, tachina is ground up um, sesame seeds, but tochen, like one of the lamatas malachas, is grinding. So v'lo titchan ima, the rabbitzim may not do the grinding of the flour with um, her neighbor because that's really just going too far and facilitating the neighbor to be mechalel, to break shemitah. Okay, so that's that's part one. Part two of the Mishnah has nothing at all to do with shemitah, at all. This is a totally different din. Um, it has to do with tuman tahara. So the reason why it's brought here is because it's the same principles at work. We're asking about, we have a, the rabbitzim and she is an ashes chaver, she is strict about keeping Tuman Tahar properly. And to be someone called the Chaver or an Eishas Chaver, it requires this sort of a formal acceptance um, in the training period on keeping everything totally Tahor. And anyone who hasn't done that is called an Amha Aretz. Amha Aretz here, meaning someone who just simply is a regular Jew who didn't take on this formal acceptance or get this formal training, etc., and therefore um, is assumed to be Tame. Even a well-meaning Educated Amharat is considered to be Tami because the rules of Tumatar are so complicated. Um, so, now, there's no reason, there's no real prohibition, let's say this is the din, in making food Tami. That's not an issue. So, in help giving the woman, that the Rebbeton gives her neighbor tools that she'll end up using to make food that's Tami or making the utensils Tami, so that's no big deal. As far as the food goes, so the neighbor can eat the food that's tummy. So what? And as far as the utensils go, good. So the halacha will be when the rebbetzin gets her sifter back, she'll have to put the sifter in the mikvah, make it tahor again. That's all fine. Um, the issue is that if you're making dough, so what happens is while it's raw, unground wheat, the wheat's not susceptible to tumah. And even if the next door neighbor is totally tameya, she's a nida. If she touches the wheat... So what? The wheat remains tahor because foodstuffs are only makabal tuma. They only can become tummy once they have heksher, once they are ready to become tummy, which requires them to be uh, wetted in a, let's call it, willful way. Bechiyutan, they're wetted by one of the seven machshir and the seven liquids that enable some food foods to become tuma susceptible. So those are the, we'll call them the yad, shachad, dam liquids, um, Seven liquids for later, not for now, including water. So that means when you're making dough, so while you're grinding the flour, the flour remains tower no matter what. But as soon as the flour gets wet, or when you add water to the flour to make the dough, now it's totally tuma susceptible. And you'll be making the dough tame as soon as you, the tame person, touches the dough or it touches the pot, which or the sifter or the rechaim, the, 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 the um, grinder, whatever it is. The bowl that it's being made in, as soon as the dough that's now watered and floured together touches any tummy utensil, then the food will become tummy also. Um, and although it's not a problem to make the food tummy per se, um, it is a problem to make challah, as in hafrashas challah, the tithe of dough that goes to the koanim, it is a problem to make that tummy. It's forbidden from the Torah to do so. So, um, you have the issue here in our Mishnah is if you have the rabbitin, as I'm calling her, lend. A utensil to the neighbor who's an amha arts, 
she doesn't keep two mantara prop two mantara properly necessarily. So it's very reasonable to assume, and the lacha makes the Rebetzin assume that the dough will become tame, and therefore the chala, the hafreshes chala, the separation of the chala, the gift of chala from the dough that goes to the kohen will be tame, and that's an issue from the Torah. So our mission here in the second part is concerned with the question of is the Rebetzin, we'll call her, who's the Aisha's chaver, she keeps Tumatara properly, allowed to help her neighbor make dough when inevitably what's going to happen is the truma, excuse me, the chala from the dough will become tummy. Uh, we're not concerned, by the way, I misspoke, but we're not concerned about truma um, or maestress because if you remember from Masechus to Maya, we can assume that most Amayar do tie properly and even the ones that don't, they do take the truma out and the maestress, anyway, is not a problem. It's not a problem of becoming tummy really, um, but there is an absolute problem of chala becoming tame, and there's no obligation, there's no possibility that chala could have been taken before. It only the obligation to take chala only kicks in once the dough exists. So it's certainly a potential problem of chala, and the amar is going to make it tame, and the rebbe has to assume it will become tame. And therefore, the question is, how much can she get involved when she knows full well, in the end of the day, this neighbor is going to make tame chala, which is against the Torah. Again, when I say tame chala, I don't mean chala for shamas, I mean tafrashes chala, the chala separation of dough for the kohen. So the Mishnah here says, Aisha's Chaver, the wife of the Chaver, meaning she's strict about keeping Tumadara, Mash'elis Le'eshes Amha'aretz, she is allowed to lend to her neighbor, as I'm calling her, who's an Amha'aretz, a Naf and a Kavara, a sieve and a, a sifter, I should say, and a sieve. Um, yes, she may lend those. The Mishnah doesn't list the other two items um, because the Rechaim and the Tanur are just incredibly difficult to or in the case, incredibly difficult in the case of the Rechaim, and impossible in the case of the Tanur, to become Tahor again. So let's let's say, if the Rebetzin would lend her neighbor her portable oven, Tanur actually were portable, um, the problem is, when the Rebetzin gets her Tanur back, she has to assume the Tanur will become Tame, and the, the Tanur, the oven, is made out of um, Klecheres, that's earthenware, there's no way to ever make it Tahor again, so it's ruined as far as the the, um, the Rebetzin's concern, so therefore we don't obligate her to lend ovens, that would make her never get it back again. Um, as far as the Rechaim goes, the hand mill, the grinding utensil, that could go into the Mekim and become Tahor again, but it's kind of like cleaning for Pesach, you'd have to remove every bit of ground in you know, dough that's been smushed into the grinding bowl, um, which is incredibly difficult to do, and therefore, because before you put the 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 mill into the mikvah, you have to clean it up thoroughly so there's nothing else on the mill so that the, when it, it gets immersed in the mikvah, there's no chatzitz, there's nothing on the mill. Um, is the case when you put anything in the mikvah, it needs to be totally cleaned off first. And since it's incredibly difficult to do that, so you know, to clean a rechaim fully, we don't obligate the neighbor, though, ever since to give the neighbor her rechaim. But the point is, where it is possible to get it back and clean it up, like the naf and the kavara, we do um, allow and encourage the rabbits into lend to her neighbor, even though she knows the neighbor's going to ultimately produce challah, which is going to be tamea, because, um, again, we'll see for peace. But um, we do limit the rabbits' involvement. We do let the rabbits in uvoreres v'tochenes umurakedes ima, unlike the previous Mishnah, a previous half of the Mishnah, where we said the rabbits shouldn't do the acts of grinding and sorting, etc., with the neighbor, because it's we're afraid of Shemitah Protus that would be facilitating directly with her own hands the Avera. Here, there's no problem at all um, with with um, doing Bora, you know, sorting out the rocks from the flour, whatever it is, and Trina 
grinding the flour, marakeda, sifting the flour. That's no problem. And the Amaharat's woman can do it. We're talking about non-Nashmita year. They just can do it, no problem. There's no problem doing that with her. However, the problem is once the water's been added. So once the water's been added, aval, however, Mishiyatil Hamai, once you pour water, once the, the the neighbor poured water into the flour to make the dough, lo siga etzla, no longer um, can the rabbits get her hands dirty with it at all. Because you're not allowed to actually directly help someone doing an Avera, and the Avera is now kicking in in full force once the dough has become water and flour together, or maybe when you need the water and flour together, because at that point it's too much susceptible and you've made it, you'll make the, the Chala Tami. Um, and in all these cases, meaning all the leniences we say where we're allowing the rabbits to lend stuff and participate, um, where we are really are likely that something bad's going to come out of it. Because of Darche Shalom, we want to promote peace. Um, and as I said in the end of the previous parak, um, at length, Darche Shalom means not just so bad things shouldn't happen and bad feeling, but actually to promote happiness. Um, as the Pasuk said, Darche Darche Noam, the ways of the Torah are all Noam, are all pleasant. And its pathways are peace promoting. So we want to promote peace. So therefore, we're going to sort of. Um, be as lean as possible for the sake of making peace and having peaceful relations between um, fellow Jews. And not only fellow Jews, the mission goes on to say, you can literally mean strengthen the hands, but it means you can encourage a nochri, a non-Jew on shvius in the Shemitah year, who you see working his fields, um, because he's allowed to do it, of course. You can't encourage a Jew. That goes without saying. I explained this actually in the previous parak. We're talking about a Jew who's plowing because he's allowed to plow because of taxes that are put upon him, that he risks. The Jews were at risk of their lives. They didn't plow. So they had to plow um, to meet the tax requirements of the of the Romans, but not more than that. So even though it's permissible to do, you don't encourage a Jew to do it. Um, and the mission says exactly the same as in the previous parak. You are allowed to inquire for their well-being. You're allowed to be friendly, and you should be friendly and cordial um, to your non-Jewish fellow persons um, in Eretz Yisrael, but paid Darche Shalom for the sake of promoting peace. Not, as I said last time, not because of Mithne Eva, because we're afraid of bad things happening, we don't trust them, and really make her, like really, ideally you shouldn't be friendly. This is not the Pshat. You shouldn't be freely friendly except bad things will happen, so you have to protect Jews. No, no, no. The Pshat is we want peace, and proper peaceful relations require politeness and friendliness, and therefore um, it is proper indeed to Greet a non-Jew, etc. Um, anytime during Shemitah or otherwise.